The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. You are listening to Absent Minded. Brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to Absent Minded Top 25 Under 25. The most exciting part of the year is here, and it's me, Patrick Bexel. I'm joined by Jared Book and Matt Drake. Thank you both for joining me for this. How should I say, Matt? The second episode? I guess it is the second episode. I'm I'm just here to explain why I'm right and everybody else is wrong. <laughs> And Jared is obviously the mediator. He's the Geneva and, and Switzerland in this conflict of interest between Europe and Canada, as, as Matt and I always have a, have a fight about. I think it started with, was it uh, Larson and who Jolson? was it? Jolson, eh? Jolson, was it Jolson? Yeah. yeah. I think that, that's, that's where it was. That's what it started, yeah. Matt, didn't it? <laughs> it's, been, it's been years. It's been a long time coming. And, and in the end, you're both wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, indeed, and 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 I, I'm sure here we're going to start talk about the long shots. Or I'm not. I mean, like some of them are definitely long shots. Some of them are on the way out. And and let's talk about like for, for 35 seconds. We're going to talk about Arvid Henriksen at number 52, and <laughs> he will be. I mean, like he's here for what the seventh season? You said, uh, Jared, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, seventh year in the top twenty five under twenty five, um, and you know, I, I've seen him. I've seen him skate in a Canadian jersey, um, so I know he exists. But uh, no, I mean, he set career highs last year <laughs> at Lake Superior State University with uh, five assists. Uh, so that's a career high for him. He's still looking for his first goal uh, in, in the NCAA, but. Uh, yeah, I, I you know I, I don't think he'll get another year on this list. I mean, he's too old anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the unfortunate thing is that somebody has to be last <laughs> in this. Yeah, uh, you know, he's still getting a free education. He's still going to probably play hockey professionally at some point, uh, whether it's in, you know in North America or in Europe. Uh, so I mean, he's not a bad hockey player. He's better than most people in the world, uh, but just out of the fifty-two on this list. He's last. And I know for a fact that he he used to study hard when in Sweden, so getting a free education, maybe move on to a civilian career after a couple of years trying to play pro in Europe might be a very good thing for him. Yeah, I mean, Ooh. there's there's worse things in the world than getting your education paid for to play hockey, right? Yeah, indeed there is. Um, 51st is another European, obviously. I'm starting strong here, Matt. But but <laughs> Alexander Gordin and and you know traded to Saki halfway between the season, and I think just I th- I think we, Jared and I put in the article that uh, when Scar lost interest in Gordin, as did we at Ice on the Price and our readers, right? I mean, for for him, he was always a long shot. 
you know, when you're drafted where he was, it's a long shot anyway, especially as an as an overager. But I mean, you just want to see if you can translate those the skills that he had. Uh, and you know, he he had a okay year. He is his junior stats weren't very good. It was probably his worst junior season. But he played in the KHL. He got his first KHL goal. He'll probably be back there this season. And, you know, he might go back up on this list. Uh, but I, I think that his drop is more just because, A, the potential was clearly not going to be reached or at least hasn't been reached yet. And then the other side of that is that there's a lot of new people in this countdown uh, that are have better upside than him. And I don't think it's, you know, you're going to see a lot of drops, especially in this section of the the countdown. I don't think that it's anything against the players necessarily, as much as it is just the added depth in the system. And look, this list this year has somebody who played NHL games last year. Last year's list had somebody who played a lot of NHL games and ended up making the NHL, um, you know, in Michael Pozzetta. He was in this section last year. So and not yes, to, not to forget, Frederick Dishow, I think, was in this section as well. Yeah, yeah. I think so. you know, there's yeah. a lot of people who moved up out of the spot last year, uh, as well. So, yeah, there's you know Keaton Primo, Jake Evans were in this spot, you know, at the beginning as well. So, uh, I think that yes, it's long shots, but also it's not a it's not a the end of the story uh, for any of these people. Uh, we can easily be talking about players moving up out of this spot uh, in a year from now. So. Um, you know, they're still under 25. They're still young. Uh, so there's still potential there. Yeah, I had Gordine at 33. I had him pretty high. I mean, I, like I should mention, you know, anybody from 30 to 50, basically they could go up or down 10 spots. No problem for me without necessarily breaking into that next echelon into the actual top 30 itself. So I had him at 33. I don't know. There's something about Russians with a little bit of skill that I like. And um, I, I don't know. I mean, do, do I necessarily think he's going to jump onto the Montreal Canadiens anytime soon? No, but I mean, I had him a little bit higher because I, I, I think he's still got a shot, but again, you know, I could have dropped him 10 spots and had him at 43 and, and I wouldn't have blinked an eye. Like you said, this list, it's a big list. There, there's a lot of really good players. There's, there's a lot of guys who aren't going to make the 25 that maybe do have a shot at the NHL. And I mean, I'm, I'm not so sure with Gordine, but I had him a little bit higher based on, on that projection. Again, maybe I should have dropped him 10 spots. I guess we'll find out. Right. He's going to get another season in the KHL. And, and if he does well, then, you know, maybe I end up being right. But if he does really well, then maybe I should have had him in the top 25. Right. <laughs> so it's it's not an exact science. It's, you're just trying to rank based on projection, how you feel somebody might end up panning out. And, um, uh, you know, the jury's still out on him, but it seems like our panel has definitely cooled on him a little bit. Yeah, I, I can just talk to my for myself moving uh, to Saki a, a, and a little bit of why he played KHL last year was due to COVID. Just as we, we're going to get to some people playing NHL uh, due to COVID as well. Uh, so so there is this. I just see that, you know, being harsh here and, and being a critic, uh, I, I just see him like Ska is a great development program. Soki isn't. There is a reason Ska decided for him to drop. And that was even before the the Ukraine war, and uh, what that means for for Russians in this age, with you know having to do military service, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So so uh, yeah, 
But let's move on from that. And we have Jack Smith at number 50. Yeah, for Smith, I mean, you know, he was expected to go to the NCAA last year. He didn't end up going. Um, obviously, you know, COVID plays an issue with that because schools might have players who stayed uh, that weren't expected to stay. Uh, and so, you know, there's only a certain number of, of scholarships that you have every year. Uh, he had another year in the USHL. He was hurt for a lot of it. So a tough year for him. Uh, and, and like Henriksen, uh, moved down just because there were players added, really. Um, you know, he actually moved up a spot because he was behind Gordet uh, a year ago. And, and this year he's, you know, third from the bottom and not second from the bottom. Fourth round pick, listen, he just needs to play. And, you know, there's players... Look, anybody, like Matt said, anybody in this range, it, the margins are very, very fine. You know, just because you're five spots behind somebody doesn't mean anything. Um, you know, I, I think I speak for a lot of us. And if you in the community submitted a ballot, if you wake up in a different morning uh, with a different mood, you can move guys up five, six, ten, even ten spots um, from where they were uh, on your on your ranking. So, Or you can drop uh, yeah, them ten spots as well. Right. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so... You know, Smith is, it was always, you know, he's coming out of high school, played two USHL seasons since being drafted. Um, eventually, he's going to have to show something, but, um, you know, he's committed to University of Minnesota Duluth, and, and we'll have a chance to to get some minutes there, hopefully this year, um, because that's what we fought last year as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I had him at 50, which is where he ended up. Um, I, I just... I don't see that production in the USHL translating, right? We, you, you remember what um, Sean Farrell did in the USHL, right? And I'm not saying that everybody who gets drafted and plays in the USHL has to do what Sean Farrell did because that's ungodly. But it, it's just for, for me, I'm, I'm looking for at least, you know, a point per game, 13 and 47, three and 10. Uh, th those numbers don't scream translation to the next level to me. So I have them at 50, but like you said, the margins are super thin, right? If he goes to the NCAA next season and tears it up, all of a sudden you start looking at that USHL production through a completely different lens, right? You start trying to figure out, well, what happened there? Why was he not able to put it together there? But all of a sudden he put it together in the NCAA. So, you know, that, that next level is, is important. And if he has a really good showing there, he could jump a little bit uh, on his next go. I mean, he's still what, 20 years old. So th there's still time for him to get higher up on the list. Again, like I said, same thing. Anybody in 30 to 50, I could have jumped him up 10 spots and felt fine about it. I just looked at the production and I was like, you know what? I, I can't put him any higher than that right now. We're moving on to to Gorniak as well. And and it's a little bit of the same situation. Yeah, I mean, I think you would have liked throughout his college career to just see a little uptick in production. Uh, and, and it just hasn't really come. Uh, you know, they they lost a lot of talent on that team. Uh, you know, one of them is is very high on this list <laughs> in, in Cole Caulfield. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I think that with Gorniak, you know, he was a, a part of some pretty good teams at Wisconsin. And for me, I just needed to see a little bit more production and it just wasn't coming. And if the Canadians are going and not, you know, we're going to talk about somebody else on this list who has a lot of NCAA production uh, and the Canadians aren't signing him. Uh, and so I don't, I don't see a path forward for Gorniak either uh but i do think that he'll play professionally at some point but it's just um yeah there are others on this list that 
I, I just need to see a little bit more production. Um, and, and that's the same thing for a lot of these guys. Uh, you know, and, and they're, professionally, they're a year away, they're, we, we they're have a year to away from professionally. It's also, you know, anywhere in the world, really. Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, there's a lot of a lot of professional hockey players who don't get to the NHL, but they still get paid to play hockey, and that's great. You know, <laughs> just because they're low on our list doesn't mean they're bad hockey players. Uh, they, I'm certainly uh, not as good as anybody on this list, uh, but it's just you have to look at the whole list in particular, and somebody has to finish at the bottom of these lists. And also, a, I'm, when we speak about top 25, and I'm sure, because I struggled, a, a lot of people would have been fine just ranking 25 or, or, or 30 prospects because when it comes to 52 prospects rank, it's very difficult. Yeah. 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 yeah and you, that's, you get into groupings, right? You get into groupings rather than ranking them individually. That's why I had Gorniak at 32 just ahead of Gordina, actually. Like, again, I could have dropped him 10 spots and I wouldn't have blinked an eye at it. Could have ranked him down at 42. Could have even ranked him, you know, at 40. What would he land at? 49, right? Um, anybody that I had beyond 30, I'm not necessarily thrilled about. Well, I wouldn't say thrilled. I'm not necessarily convinced that they will play in the NHL. I'm, in fact, probably convinced more to the contrary that they won't. Of course, they have a shot. They have a shot at playing professionally. And if you have a shot at playing professionally, you have a shot at the NHL. It all depends on what you do. Um, I think him being that there's a likelihood that the Habs won't sign him. Maybe I should have dropped him. Um, we're going to talk about somebody else that I, I probably should have dropped as well that I didn't, that they're probably not going to sign. But, um, you know, it's I, I, I think he's got decent production in the NCAA. I think there's a player there. I don't know um, what his highest aspiration is, and that's why he fell into that 30 to 50 area for me where, again, I'm not banking on those players to make the Montreal Canadiens at any point. The first goalie on the list, uh, or, or reverse list, if we're going to say it like that, <laughs> is uh, Emmett Croteau, um, drafted in the sixth round in, in uh, 2022, first year on the list. And and good thing for Croteau is really, in a way, that... Um, Dija was in this in this bracket last year, and and we've seen what he have reached and and uh, how he has developed over that year. And being a first year and out of of uh, high school uh, programs uh, is it's it's it give you, you don't know. Essentially, what we're saying <laughs> about Croteau right now is we don't know, and next year we'll know a little bit more, and we're probably going to rank him higher. Yeah, I mean, look. The last, you know, few goalies on this list uh, have started in this range. Caden Primo started in this range. Uh, you've mentioned Dishow, Jakob Dobish, uh, Joe Verbedek started in this range a year ago, and they are all out of this range now and, and still under 25, still in the organization. So, yeah, I mean, the, the what, that that there's history to suggest that Croto will move up on this list, um, but also it's working against him because all those goalies are still in the, in the organization and still older than him. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, he's going to go to Clarkson. He's going to play in the NCAA. And, you know, he has an opportunity to move up on his list. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. And that that's basically where we are right now with him. But, I mean, the history is there. You know, I mentioned, you know, four goalies that have all been in this spot and all moved up in the rankings. Yeah, six-foot-four goaltender going to the NCAA. 
right? It's you got a few years before you really have to like make a decision on a player like that. So, I mean, that's why he's low, right? We we don't know what we don't know, and I think give him two, three, four years in NCAA, then we'll have a much better idea of of who exactly he is. Uh, on 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 the next spot up is Daniel Sobolev, and, and I'm a little bit surprised here. I, I mean, and arguably I don't know enough about the OHL, but I was thinking because I obviously just went to his Elite Prospects page, and we're not endorsed by Elite Prospects, even if we use it all the time, and that's where we we most of us go, just like you do, and and uh, you know, 62 games for for Windsor, uh, which is usually a strong team in 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 uh, in the OHL according to what i know so everyone can hope on that in in the uh, in the comments uh but 17 points uh, okay 36 penalty minutes which is you know about a penalty a game or half a half a penalty a game uh but plus 25 for, for it, it doesn't scream to me at least it doesn't scream um in the 40s but As I said, I, I, I don't know enough about the OHL. The the thing with, with Sobolev for me is that, you know, I remember after he was drafted, he kept on saying, oh, yeah, I, I left Russia to work on my offense. And then, you know, he has two goals and, you know, uh, 14 assists or, or whatever it was, 15 assists. Um, I, I just need to see more. I, I mean, he had a year off. Uh, I, I still like him as a player. I, I really do, even though I had him 47th. Uh, which is where he ended up. But I mean, for me, I, I just would like to see a little bit more, uh, I, I think, to see. I mean, you know, he was in the OHL final uh, against Jan Mishak and, mm. and Hamilton. Uh, but I mean, he just, you know, he had two assists in the playoffs, uh, which isn't necessarily his game. Uh, you mentioned the plus, the plus, uh, plus minus. But for me, I just, you know, need to see a little bit more to move him up ahead of some some other guys. Um, you know, you look at, you know, some of the guys ahead of them, they're playing pro or they're playing um, in, you know, putting up better numbers. And I just needed to see a little bit more. I, I look, I, I like guys all the way down to like the fifties, basically. Um, I had Sobolev pretty high up uh, a year ago, just a lot of new bodies <laughs> in this list. Yeah. I, I'm glad you brought up the the final series against Hamilton. because I watched that entire series And my issue with Sobolev, why he's so low on my list, also had him same spot as you at 47, is throughout that entire series, the only I only noticed him one time, and it was when he threw an illegal hit on Jan Mishak. So I'm I'm looking at that and I'm going, you know, in a big series like that, I can't like I, I really didn't notice him on the ice at all. And that's not necessarily a bad thing when it comes to defensemen, right? Sometimes with defensemen unless they're very offensive, which again, he said he was coming to, to Canada to work on his offense and that offense never came. So unless they're offensive, sometimes when you really notice defensemen it's because they're, they're doing something bad, right? They're getting scored on. They're making a terrible play in the defensive zone that leads to a goal against. There's something usually uh, not ideal going on that makes you notice them very often. And you talked about the plus 25, right? But Windsor was 44 and 17 on the season. They were an incredibly strong team all year long. If you're not plus 25 on that team, then you got a real problem. Matter of fact, you should really be higher than plus 25, especially if you're eating a lot of minutes as a defenseman. So 
I'm, I'm not trying to dump on him. I, I think he's a good player. I just don't see the NHL potential in him. I think he's somebody who might find himself a home playing professional hockey in Europe. Um, but even then, there, there are some things that he needs to work on, right? Pat, you brought up the penalties, only about a half a penalty per game, right? But some of the penalties that he takes are real dumb ones. Like I said, there was a penalty that he took uh, against Hamilton in the final series. It was an illegal hit against Jan Mishak. And then uh, Hamilton, take a wild guess what they did. They ended up scoring on it. So it's not the first time a Russian has thrown an illegal hit on Czechos- uh, a Czech or a Czechoslovakia in general. <laughs> yeah. So that's the history yeah. teacher here. But uh, we know. <laughs> But that's that's the issue for me is uh, I, I think he's got a lot of work to put in if he wants to make the NHL. Uh, the fact is that he I, didn't get brought into to the world junior team either, partly because uh, the Russians uh, before everything went went south, um, put um, took most of their players or they didn't want to take players from the OHL because they don't want to lose junior players going early to, to North America. So so that was part of a problem. And the question is, if he would have been brought in because the defense on that World Junior team that, that was part of uh, the uh, December tournament, uh, it, it wasn't, it really didn't stand out. So, you know, mm. they try, I mean, like there is this Russian thing where you try to punish players for leaving early. And, and Daniel Sobolev is, is obviously one of them. I'm not sure he would have made it, but it, it's it's something to, you know, think about as well, especially since he's already played on on the uh, small rink as well, and and getting adjusted to that. So it would have made sense to bring him, but that's part of of, of a problem, I think, with with Russia development at the moment. Uh, but we're going to move on from from that uh, and and uh, talk about you know Brett Stapley, and obviously Matt is right here. <laughs> well, you know what? I think I'm right, but I, at the same time, uh, like I said before, right. This is the guy I was talking about. The Habs are probably not signing him, it seems like, which I had him at 23. I had him in my 25 because last year I had him at 24 and then he made significant improvements. Um, I will admit I only personally watched, I think, three games for the University of Denver, but I liked what I saw from him. And you look at the production, the exponential increase in his production. I could not justify putting him lower than I did last year. I didn't see anybody that had that type of improvement, um, but I also didn't see enough from him to really vault him up into the top 25 very far. So I put him at 23. And then, of course, very shortly after our list got submitted and the list was finalized, uh, we hear that, you know, there is the NCAA uh, rule that because of COVID, he might be able to go back and take another year and the Habs could maintain his rights. But it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. So... Yeah, I, I, think, think, I think he obviously. I think that's why that a lot of people. Brought, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, can't speak I think for he, everyone. He fell due to the fact that the news broke yeah. that they wouldn't be signing. So a lot of people, me included, you just put him at the bottom where you were at that point, and 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 it, it definitely affected his his value or his ranking in this in this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah I, mean, I think you know, I, I can't speak for everybody, but I, I have a strong feeling that that was what that was what did it. And for for me, I, I ranked prior to that news, and I I honestly I see Jake Evans in him. I see a Jake Evans type trajectory in him, where he could come in and be a legitimate, you know, very effective bottom six player on an NHL lineup. 
that's why he was in my top 25, but not any higher than 23. And, you know, unfortunately, it seems like it's going to be a different team that's going to get to find that out, not the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, I mean, we're a year when uh, a year away from when Jordan Harris dropped because people were scared that he wasn't going to sign uh, with the Canadians. And obviously, Stapley looks a little bit more unlikely than even Harris was um, a year ago. But yeah, I mean, you know, he Matt mentioned it. He sets a career high uh, in goals and points and drops twenty three spots <laughs> in, in the rankings. Uh, and, it's a tough uh, crowd to to please. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think a major part of that is is the signing status. That's why he dropped for me, um, and, and just the the depth of the pool. I mean, it's just you know you're talking about you know about eighteen players who, who entered the pool that weren't here a year ago, um, and and yeah, I mean. If we're ranking, you know, he's one guy that I, I probably look at and I like him better than some of the players I put ahead of him. Um, but at, at a certain point, you have to wonder the likelihood of, of making it. And if, if he doesn't sign in Montreal, will he sign with somebody else? There's, you know, it, it, will he go back to school? It's uh, it's a tough spot to be in. But uh, I, I just, I think that there is a, a professional future in him. Um, but uh I just see it as more likely in other players, but, but he's, he's probably one of the guys where I wish I could have. Um, I really like in my ranking, I had him at 45. Um, and, and that's probably at the point, you know, around this time where I, I really like players. I just couldn't move them up past other ones. One player that I don't like at all. <laughs> and having watched quite, I mean, I shouldn't say I've watched all games, but I've watched quite a few games, is Dmitry Kostenko. And um, for me, he is a big um, power play defender. Uh, it's not like we, we, we don't like them because, I mean, Shea Weber. Uh, but on the other hand, if, and, and I saw him really with the World Junior team, uh, the, the C team from the World Juniors, in, in uh, November and I spoke to his coach and, and the coach was not, uh, I mean, like he barely played up for, for the C team and the coach was really honest and said, he thinks the game's, he thinks the game too slow. And, and I haven't really, you, you, he was obviously too good for the MHL, which is the junior league in Russia, but he, he was decent in VHL, but he never really got close to playing in the KHL. And and you would assume that, and I think that is due to the fact that he still thinks the game too slow. He needs to really, uh, he doesn't have it in his his. Uh, um, we say brainstem in, in Swedish, uh, more or less like or backbone. It, it's not there yet, and he needs to get that before I can rank him higher. Uh, th- there are skills mm. there, but I'm not sure that they are translatable into to an NHL career. Yeah, I mean, you know, you mentioned you mentioned Sobolev in the uh, on the the Russian World Junior team. I mean, there's there's another guy who wasn't part of that team either. Um, so I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's um, for me, it's just a matter of I just see him as a little bit more likely to get there than than Sobolev and, and other guys. But yeah, I mean, there are questions to be answered by a lot of people in on in this part of the list, uh, and even a little higher up, there, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. Um, and, and I think that we just, you know, I just need to see more to, before I, I rank him. And, you know, as these players, you know, graduate from junior hockey and start playing, uh, at the senior level, 
you you get a better idea of what you have there and and uh i mean for me it's just you know yeah i you know i think he's a, a solid player who who would i move him ahead of i that's a good question uh but yeah for, for me and all these guys in this range it's just it's not that i don't like them it's just i like other guys more and and one guy that we like more is 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 obviously Petteri Nurmi, um, which has a really interesting trajectory. I think that that is what what speaks to me. And I I'm not sure that I, I well, let me check my ranking here. Uh, I'm still at 44, and and that's where he ended up. But but it's you're the it's low vote on the three of us. All three of us was at 44. And the thing, the interesting thing though, is this how he's really progressed every year in a way up to the next level or or to the next team uh, playing 58 games for Hopeko in in Liga is is pretty damn good and he he scored a goal he scored three assists a um, bit of penalty minutes a plus one uh, Liga is a low scoring league and Hopeko is not one of the top teams really traditionally and I I really I understand why Montreal took the flyer on this guy, as much as I did taking a flyer on um, Shisamudinov or, or, or Gourdain, because you lock them up for three more years or four more years as a European. So, so you get time to evaluate, and you're banking that that trans- trajectory will keep going. And if that trajectory keeps going, he will be a very good player in three or four years. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to like here. I mean, you know, he's you mentioned he's playing in Liga uh, as a junior player. He made the World Junior Team uh, both times, both in December and uh, the the one going on now. You know, he was playing 20 minutes a game for Finland at the start of the tournament and uh, before before getting scratched. I'm not sure if there's an injury there uh, or if he just moved down the, the lineup. But for me, I mean, there's I had him, you know, a little bit higher at 42nd. I, I wonder if, the voting was after the World Juniors. If, it, if a lot of people probably wouldn't move them up because you have that visibility, right? You get to see them play 20 minutes against, um, you know, other countries. And, you know, it's for me, you know, the, the story on him is, you know, he can move the puck. He can be a transition, uh, a good first pass. And, uh, you know, if he enters his second league season and has a, a step up, then he'll, he'll likely move up these rankings, uh, a lot Quite fast and, as know, well because Liga is not yeah. a bad league and and as I said low scoring, but that's part of playing the system and playing good defensively. Yeah, I mean you have Otto Leskinen who who debuted on these rankings, you know, three years older than than Nurmi is now, right? So if you project three years in the future, he's already had one Liga season under his belt, um, you know, and, and Leskinen made the NHL and is uh is back in the the organization uh on an NHL contract as well. So you know I, I think that there's there's potential there uh for in, in him. Um and uh you know he's one of the guys in this group that I, I like more than others, which is why I moved them up a little bit higher than some of the others. But yeah, I mean it's 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 tough. I mean to be a, a late round pick in this organization, um you're gonna have to show what you can do because other guys are gonna pass you. Uh, and that's um, that's the reality of, of this list at, at 52 players. With, with you being the only one ranking Condotta, uh, Jared, I'm going to leave that to you. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, a rough ride for him because, uh, 
he was, you know, penalized a bit by, you know, not being on the original ballot because of uh, um, a clerical error on the, uh, the, the one the of the rare errors website. from Justin. <laughs> well, it, it wasn't even Justin's fault. It was he had the wrong date on the Canadian's website. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's just one of those things. Listen, he's in, on an NHL deal. He played in the playoffs last year for Laval. He'll have a, a, a full season this year, uh, either in Laval or, or maybe even Trois Rivières. Um, I, I see, you know, I, I ranked him very similarly to one of the other guys on this list. Uh, that we're going to get to in a bit. But I, I just see, listen, for me, it matters if you're on an initial contract because you're a few injuries away from getting a call-up uh, and making an impact. So for me, that matters. Um, do I think his upside is necessarily higher than some of the other guys? No. But the likelihood of getting to the NHL when you have an NHL deal is is a little bit higher. He's going to be, um, you know, Matt mentioned with Stapley, a Jake Evans type. That's the kind of player that Kandata is, he's not going to play in your high on your lineup. Um, you know, he's, uh, you know, he, look, he's played his first few professional games in the playoffs. Basically uh, he was called up for a little bit and then basically was, was, you know, made into available in the playoffs uh, coming out of UMass Lowell. So I, I'd be very interested to see where he fits in into a, what, what should be a, a much better Laval lineup than a year ago which is crazy to think because they made the final four last year, but uh, it's a, it's a good team in Laval and, and he'll have to to fit in there and, and um, make a spot for himself. And Matt, we get to, we get to talk about rating Jared. So you want to go on with that? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Jared Davidson, he led the Seattle Thunderbirds in points in the regular season. He led him in the playoffs too. I watched, uh, I didn't watch enough Seattle Thunderbirds. I, I kind of wish I watched more of them because he did have a lot of points. They ended up picking him up late. This guy's already been passed over in the draft. And I think, you know, late picks in the draft, I think that's going to become more of a trend uh, is taking guys that have already been passed over in the draft. They're a little bit more developed. They're a little bit older. You kind of have a little bit better of an idea of what they might be. Um, I had Jared Davidson at 49, uh, but he's another guy where like, if I was going to jump him, I would have jumped him 10 spots and he would have been at 39. He had a very impressive series against the uh, Edmonton oil Kings. Uh, I was watching that entire series. That was really the most exposure that I got to Jared Davidson throughout the course of the season. I liked his game. I'm not sure how it can translate to the NHL level though. That's why I had him low. But again, his production, um, even as a 20-year-old in the in the WHL, I could have jumped that 10 spots and put him at 39 without blinking. And uh, I mean, it's just, I need to see more from him. I don't know what he's going to do next year. Uh, I haven't really heard yet. I don't know if he's going to try and go back for an overage year with, with Seattle. Uh, I don't know what their situation is with overages, if they can even fit him in the roster, or if he's going to have to try to go to the ECHL, or if he's going to have to try and make the Laval Rocket. Like Jared said, uh, Jared Book, that is, not Jared Davidson that Laval team is going to be pretty good. If you want to go and play in Laval, you're, you're going to have to contribute. Um, it might be tough. So he might have to either go back for that OA season or, uh, or accept to play a little bit in the ECHL and uh, try to earn himself a spot on that Laval lineup. Um, he's one guy that I have low that I could see him vaulting himself up with a good performance next year uh, and maybe getting closer to actually cracking that top 25. And, yeah, um, for, for for me, for me, I I just want to say one quick, one quick thing. 
is it just a matter of him being older than everyone else, or is that a real step up in his game? And, and Matt mentioned it. Yeah. The last two years, draft years, have not been normal. Three, really. Um, so, you know, just because you've been passed over in those two drafts doesn't really mean that you're bad. It just means that, you know, people haven't really seen you. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that it, it's it's one to keep an eye on. And it, this is this is the range around the, the, the high 40s range where I can see guys making significant leaps uh, going into next year. And one person that I took a leap on was Cam Hillis. Um, obviously, looking at his stat line, and, and he played in all three <laughs> different leagues last year, NHL, AHL, and, and ECHL. Um, I'm, I'm, if, if I woke up and had to do, woke up and had to do a do over, this is the guy I probably changed the rankings 10, 10 steps down, definitely. Uh, he is on an NHL deal, and you mentioned it, Jared. Because at that point, you start thinking he might, you know, get a chance. He might get, you know, certain opportunities. And you, it is a little bit of a game of bounces as well. And and uh, you might want to, to 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 take that into account. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking at the rankings and comparing him with the with with the staff and and the others in in the community. I'm I'm obviously highest and and uh, probably a little bit of ignorance here for me as well. And at that point, I think I was just trying to squeeze people in that I didn't know enough about around the 25th spot where I where I uh, put him, but uh, or 23rd spot that I put him. But it's it's he is on an NHL deal. He's already played pro hockey. Um, do I want to lose him? No, not really. We 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 we've seen his potential at different leagues. Uh, he need, just needs to translate it into uh, this level, the AHL level, uh, and and see where he can go from that. Yeah, a big I mean, variance in his rankings, man. There's 28 spot range. Like we had one panelist put him at 51. You had him at 23. Nathan had him at 25. I don't think it's crazy to have him close to your 25. I had him at 36 because i think he's he's kind of fringe right if if he had better production in the echl like if he was if he had been able to to go over a point per game there uh i i might have put him higher but i also couldn't put him any lower because he also had production with laval so i think hillis is a guy where his position within the organization it's absolutely hinging on this next season i think he's going to get a real shot at laval this time and stick there for the entire year and if he has a really good season, he could cement himself as a potential call-up in the in future seasons. Um, he could maybe even earn himself a, a real shot at the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, he didn't blow the doors off in Laval last year, but he might get a bit of a bigger role this year if he can earn it. Uh, so I, I think this is an important year for him. And I think, you know, the, the fact that he has the ability, the fact that he's at least shown that he can hang with NHL players by playing a game with the Habs, that's what makes him a feasible, you know, close to the top 25, but not necessarily in there. You know, it's not, I don't think it's crazy to have him a little bit higher than I had him. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're a few years away from having players who played one NHL game in the top 20, just because they, they played an NHL game. Right? Yeah. So, um, the, the depth is, is definitely improved here. Uh, I like Cam Hillis, uh, but I mean, like I said before, I just see other guys, as, as either higher upside or, um, you know, be, you know, just mm-hmm. better. And it's, 
Uh, I, I want to see, like Matt said, I want to see him maybe stake a claim to a regular spot in Laval. Um, you know, he's the first member of the the Trois-Rivières Lions to make the NHL. <laughs> um, uh, yes, a lot of that was due to to COVID and, and things like that. But hey, you know, the the best ability is availability uh, at times. And look, you know, he he has an opportunity here. Um, but I, yeah, like Matt says, I, I think the time is is definitely ticking on him. But uh, he's a guy that that you know could be in the NHL this season again. Who knows? So um, I don't think it's necessarily likely. Uh, but but I think that you know it, it, the the potential is still there uh, as a player. But uh, yeah, it's the time is is running out, uh, especially when you consider the the people around him in the pool. Uh, it's not like the Canadians need AHL forwards; um, they they have a lot of them. Indeed, and the time is running out for this episode of the Top Twenty Five Under Twenty Five. Uh, thank you, Jared, for joining me uh, today, and thank you, Matt, for joining me today. Both of you will be very welcome on uh, as we progress with this list. And uh, as I've said before, and as we spoke about just before you start, uh, we started recording and you didn't hear it, obviously, we are bringing in some extra uh, special guests onto the list, not necessarily only for the top five, but for sure for the top five. Uh, but otherwise, we will have different um, guests on, on. And if you... If you have any ideas who you want to put on, please let us know in the comments or reach out to us on Twitter and we'll try to facilitate that. Or even if you have a very good introduction that you think we could benefit from, don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, again, thank you guys for listening. Subscribe, uh, leave us comments, leave us feedback. And again, thank you both Matt and Jared. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.